Aren't you thankful for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords this morning? But I'm thankful that He's holy today. I'm thankful that He is still the beginning. He's still the end. I'm also thankful that He is still in complete control today. Aren't you? Welcome to the house of the Lord this morning. Thank you, worship team, for leading us today. If you are visiting with us, let me echo again what Pastor Jade said. Well, Jade said to you, welcome this morning. We are truly honored that you're in the house with us today. And I pray that your time here this morning would be a time of encouragement, strength, as well as a time where you just have an encounter with the Lord and His Spirit in such a manner that we leave differently than when we came. Amen? So we are delighted that you're here. I am delighted to have my friend with me this morning. Mike, so good to see you. I am just Mike Spivey. Thank you for your service, my friend. And just recently got back from Syria and Turkey and that area. And, uh, and uh, we're just honored that he's in the house with us today uh, serving our nation. Amen. And uh, so uh, we're, we're honored that he's here today. Those that's going to class, feel free to do so at this time. I'm just going to go straight into the Word this morning. I feel uh, compelled to speak into your life today uh, that which the Lord has given me uh, to share with you today. Uh, I wish I had a shouting message today, but we'll have to do that another day, all right? Uh, but uh, if you come back, maybe we'll do that. But today... I feel like I have to, uh, to release that which God has really birthed in my spirit. Uh, so I'm going to ask you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Jonah. I will reference the first two chapters, but then we'll read chapter 3 in just a moment of time. Um, but if the Lord would help me today, I want to challenge us uh, to be better than we've ever been. We know today that our world is in a state of great confusion, crises, if you will, as well as many nations of the world. But today I want to not place blame or even responsibility on others, but I'm going to deal with those of us in this room and who we represent which is the church of Jesus Christ. And if the Lord would help me for a few moments today, I want to see if I was to title this today, it would simply be the price of rebellion. And uh, I know that doesn't sound very promising to you this morning, but please, I believe we'll end on a high note if you just stay with me for a little while this morning. Uh, but at the very beginning of our time together today, I want to make this statement there must be the resurrecting of the supernatural power of God in the church in America it, it can't continue without it we can continue to do church but we can't be the church we can't reach a community we can't reach a state and we can't reach a nation without the presence and the power of God. We often hear the word revival tossed around with very little interest in doing what it takes to obtain it. That has to change in this very moment of time. 
The very best basic definition of revival is simply restoration to life, vigor or strength, or can be said it this way, an individual as well as a corporate body of people or a nation experiencing an awakening within themselves. But a revival is the result of an individual that is willing to go through the process of separation that will simply heed the call, make the decision, and step into the release that God has for them. There's no shortcut to it this morning. There today is a great need in our nation as well as the nations in the world because we are seeing today a rapid descent and we are seeing a generation be overran not occasionally but continually the enemy is still using the same tactics that he's always used lies and deception and the only way to deal with those things is for there to be a proclamation of truth so today there can no longer be a slumbering church or a sleeping church but there must be an awakened church spiritual apathy has given birth to a generation of believers that no longer know what is required nor do they know the value of a church of power it was not that many years ago that the church in America was full of testimonies of the supernatural power of God yet now we see a generation been overran by the demonic powers of hell itself we are now just trying to give people the tools to keep a good attitude as they go through their struggles instead of praying the prayer of faith over them so that they're able to be delivered out of them there has to be a change we are all guilty today in some way shape or form of walking in a spirit of rebellion instead of a spirit of complete surrender the word of the Lord tells us that his house will be called a house of prayer but we seldom pray he tells us to come and to lay it at his feet but yet we refuse to, re to surrender the cares of our life he tells us in first Peter that we are to be holy because he is holy but yet we still walk around feeding the flesh more than the spirit he actually even instructs us to come out from among the world and be separate but yet we think that's optional today all of the while our children are been overran and destroyed all the reason more for us to awaken in this reality and know that a generation before us today is absent of hope peace is foreign to them joy seems to be unreachable and commitment is always something that is no longer even talked about and dedication is rejected depression has become the new norm of our society while oppression is the most common thing that people deal with stress is now something that is of the everyday life sickness and disease seems to be our final fate God help us this morning we have lost our vision to reach a world if we're not careful we're sitting in self-pity 
blaming everything on everyone else except ourselves. God help us this morning. We need a revival. Over the last few weeks, we have experienced the power and the anointing of God in this room, and I celebrate that with you. But the same power and the same anointing that we experience in this room, we need to be walking in beyond the walls of this building because the world didn't see you shout. They didn't see you dance. They didn't see you full of joy. They didn't see you full of peace because when you walked out of these doors, you walked right back into the same mode that they're in, and you're struggling just like they are. I didn't come to be insensitive this morning, but I come to speak truth to you. There cannot be a revival unless, first of all, there is a spiritual cleansing take place. And there can be no spiritual cleansing unless we begin to cry out to the one true king. I have to ask the question this morning, how much did you really talk to him this week? You see, Jonah was chosen by God, much like you and I are chosen for this hour and this season. We're going to go to Jonah chapter 3 in just a moment, but before we get there, let me just walk you through chapter 1 and chapter 2 very quickly. It says, now the word of the Lord in chapter 1 says that the word of the Lord come to Jonah and simply said, I want you to rise and go to Nineveh, and I want you to preach to them because I want you to cry against it because its wickedness is came up before me but Jonah rose up and he fled from the presence of the Lord is what chapter 1 says and he finds himself going down to Tarnish which at that time in history was thought to be the edge of the world you couldn't go any further he said I'm gonna go as far away from this call that I can and as he went to flee notice with me that says that he boarded a ship and all of a sudden there becomes a storm and everybody that was in that ship with him it says the merchants began to cry out to their gods and they was in a place of desperation the storm was so severe but it says that Jonah was lying fast asleep and one of them runs and awakens him and begins to ask him who he is and ask him what he has done and he begins to tell the story that I'm a Hebrew and I've fled the presence of the Lord and they said why have you done this and he you know the story this morning he says just throw me overboard and everything will change and they're like we can't throw you overboard because then your God's going to judge us and bring destruction and death to us. I mean, he really put these guys in a very bad position. But after some conversation and, and it looked like death was coming, they take Jonah and toss him overboard and it says that the storm ceased. Notice with me this morning, the Lord showed me something in this passage of Scripture that even though the wickedness of Nineveh had came up before the Lord, it didn't create a storm. But when Jonah walked in rebellion, a storm came. I want to speak to you this morning that the nation that we call home, 
is in a storm, not because of wickedness. The sinner is going to sin. But our nation is in trouble today because we come to the house of God every Sunday morning, put our Sunday best on, sing a song, and then go back and live a life of sin Monday through Saturday because we walk in complete rebellion to the things of God if we're not careful. You hear me this morning. The only way this storm is going to end is if the church falls down on its face and repents. Please hear me. I I, I would love to preach a prosperity message to you this morning, but there is no prosperity until somebody takes responsibility and becomes the voice that God is desiring to have in the earth today. This morning, while the storm is raging, hear me, we find people calling out to all kinds of things, uh, and they're trying to find a calm and a peace, uh, but there can be no calm and there can be no peace uh, until somebody acknowledges that they're wrong. Notice Jonah, it says that when he was thrown overboard that the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow him up and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights and we find that it was then in chapter 2 that he began to find himself his word says that I cried by reason of my affliction unto the Lord and he heard me out of the belly of hell cried I and he heard my voice you can read through chapter 2 and you will find that he said I'm cast out of your sight I'm in this place where nobody is but yet his heart began to change and and he began to get his focus back on, on what was really important and God delivered him because of a cry of repentance this morning, I, I have to tell you today that the price of rebellion will take you to hell. I had a conversation recently with an individual and we were talking about eternity and I simply made this statement and, and I stand by it today. Hell will be filled with a lot of good people. It isn't enough to just be good. It's not just enough to say you're part of something. It's, it's time for you and I to realize this morning that we are in a place today in this nation where the church has got to awaken and become actively engaged, uh, not in what men think it should be, uh, but actively engaged in doing what God has called it to do. That is to share the message of Jesus Christ notice Jonah begins to cry out and the Lord delivers him and it says that he vomited him out upon dry land we could preach on that this morning but we're going to go into chapter number three and verse number one and it says and the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time saying arise and go unto Nineveh that great city and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee So Jonah arose and he went according to the word of the Lord. 
And as he began to go through this city, notice what he does in verse number four. He began to enter into that city a day's journey, and he cried, and he said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth, and from the greatest of them, even to the least of them, for word came unto the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, and he laid his robe from himself, and he covered himself with sackcloth, and he sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the degree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let no man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything, let them not feed nor drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn every one from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hand. Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? But God saw their works that they turned from their evil way, and God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them, and he did it not. Now, there's a lot of things to unpack in there, but let me try my best just for a moment. As I told you a moment ago, it was the rebellion of Jonah that caused a storm, not the wickedness of Nineveh. We today are in an unexpected storm in our nation. Men of God stood at the beginning of this year, and by the unction of the Holy Spirit and by the prophetic gifting of God, they began to talk about how things was going to be altered and changed. And everybody, even in the church, I had some that came to me and said, do you really believe that's possible? The world laughed at the proclamation that the sports industry was going to halt. It it laughed that things was going to abruptly be shut down. But now here we are just a few months later and Your lives have been turned upside down because of an unexpected storm. But after being in the belly of hell for three days, Jonah turned his eyes unto the Lord and he repented. I have to ask the question this morning, is it possible that we are yet still in the storm that we're in and the storm is intensifying because we the church have yet to repent? Is it possible today that we're just wanting to ride this thing out and say, well, let's get back to normal as quick as we can, but let's just ignore what God is really trying to do is to get our attention to become men and women that will walk in a place of complete surrender. Notice it was immediately after cry of repentance that Jonah was vomited up upon dry ground. And, and listen, uh, he was nasty. Uh, he, was, uh, he was vile in smell. Uh, he, 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 he was somebody you didn't want to be around. Uh, but let me tell you something. Uh, if you was to do a little scientific research, and if it was possible that that great fish uh, that was prepared happened to be a whale, uh, you will find that one of the most sweet smelling thing the most expensive aroma that you can buy comes from whale's vomit do you realize that just a little small piece of it is worth thousands but when it first emerges 
the aroma of it is so vile that you can't be around it. But study tells us that once it lays on the beach and the sun begins to beat down upon it, it begins to burn off all of the toxins and it becomes very valuable and precious uh, where men search for it and the most expensive perfumes that you can buy comes from that which was vile. Can I tell you today, the church world in America and other nations has got a vile smell to it. But in this season, God is not desiring to judge it but he's desiring to shine upon it so that it can begin to have an aroma about it uh, that we have never truly known before. I want you to hear me this morning. Uh, Jonah had to make a decision, uh, and we today as a church are going to have to make a decision on who we are going to be. Are we going to be a church or are we going to be the church? There is a message that must be delivered in this hour. And please hear me. The response to this message is going to be the determining factor for this nation. I want to mess with your world just for a moment. The ballot box in November is not going to save this nation. But what will save this nation is a man of God and a woman of God that will fall down on their face and say, God, forgive me for my complacency. Forgive me for my apathy. Forgive me for being somebody that is going after the flesh instead of after the spirit. A man willing to walk with God's message has the power and the ability to touch the heart of the most evil men. Notice it was upon hearing the anointed message that the king of Nineveh set a stage for revival. Uh, I'm going to blow your world this morning. Uh, the preacher is not the one that's going to set the stage for revival. Uh, it's the most vile men and women out there uh, that's getting ready to hear the message of Jesus Christ uh, that's going to believe it and accept it uh, and they are going to make the world uh, become turned uh, because they are going to put in motion uh, things that nobody saw coming. Hear me this morning. We see the process that brought about a release to Nineveh. And I believe it's a process that we can experience and go through today that can bring a release to this nation as well as nations of the world. Notice when the man of God become willing to walk with the message of God it pricked the heart in such a manner that they believed the word of the Lord. To believe is simply this, to have confidence in the truth. Something penetrated the inner man in such a way that the king of Nineveh said, listen, we can't continue as we are. There has to be a change. Who knows if God will deliver us or not, but we can't be what we are currently. We have to do something different. Notice. When the king heard, he believed. And in verse number six, notice what he did. He rose from his throne and he laid off his robe and he put on sackcloth and he sat in ashes and he published to all the men and women of that place and simply said, we're not going to eat, we're not going to drink, but we're going to go into a time of prayer and fasting. Notice 
It was then that he instructed for all of them to turn from their evil doings. If I was to ask every one of you if you wanted to experience victory this morning in your life, I believe the answer would be yes. But can I tell you, the victory is only present when you become willing to make the turn. Church, we must have ears to hear the message of God in this, in this season. We could not continue to believe that, well, this thing will just change on its own. No. We must believe and do what the king of Nineveh did. We're going to have to become willing to remove ourselves from the thrones that we have built in our lives, thrones of religion and self-righteousness, and we're going to have to lay aside our royal robes that we see ourselves in. We're going to have to put on the garments of prayer and fasting. We find in Scripture that there must be a turn from evil. I can say it this way, and you won't like it, but I'm going to say it anyway. Holiness must be present, not occasionally, but continually. As I said last Sunday, it's not something we put on and take off. It's a lifestyle that we live. Notice Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, don't be deceived, but he said, awake to righteousness and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God, and he speak this to your shame. What he was saying is this, there's people around you that don't know the knowledge of God, they don't know the things of God, because you haven't openly shared it. Paul was not being mean to the church at Corinth. He was simply telling them, you have to awake to righteousness. Listen. It isn't about anything other than the message of truth today. Because when the message of truth is proclaimed, there is then the presence of the Holy Spirit of God that is able to touch the hearts of man. Without it, it's impossible. Romans chapter number 13 says, and that knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. I don't know if we really realize today just how near his return is. But even if he was to delay his coming another 50 years, 100 years, whatever, we have to understand that we have no promise of tomorrow. This is the day that we have. So what are we going to do with today? How are we going to reach our family today? How are we going to reach our community today? How are we going to be positive in our nation today? Not tomorrow. We, we don't know if we'll be here tomorrow. But today. So today I must walk in righteousness. Today I must walk in a manner where holiness is not something that, that we talk about, where the power of God is not something we just dream about, but... I have to walk in it today because I don't know who I'm going to encounter today. Prayer today is something that is not optional, but it's something that is necessary. Prayer is all but absent from our lives. The, world is, the Word is no longer a priority, and our desire for the Holy Spirit has been erased from our vocabulary. Our children are raised in spirit-filled churches, Pentecostal denominations, but yet they've never seen the power of the Holy Spirit move. 
Allow me to say this this morning, please. The condition of our nation is not the result of corrupt politicians. The condition of our nation is a result of a church that's been living in rebellion, and slumbering and sleeping. My message today is very simple. It's not a deep theological word today. It's simply just a very simple message of repentance. And I can't overstate the importance of this very moment in history because if the church continues to slumber and sleep, corrupt politicians and corrupt men and women of power and prestige and positions of authority across the globe will experience no resistance to their agenda and they will flow with demonic power and presence and we will continue to see destruction. It's time for you and I to go to the rooftops and begins to proclaim the message of Jesus. Not in fear, but with authority. Do you realize that there was an instruction that was given that nobody really talks about in the world today, not even in the church? But the words of the Lord, and when he was speaking a parable in Luke chapter 19, he simply says these words, verse 13 of that chapter, occupy till I come. He didn't say exist. He didn't say survive. He said occupy. What he said was operate and stand in authority. Don't give place to the enemy. Don't allow anyone to come and to take that which I'm placing in your care. Can I tell you today what's been placed in our care is the greatest message that's ever been given, the greatest gift that has ever been given. But what are we doing with that which he has given us? Are we occupying or are we just existing? Just a thought this morning. Our hope today is in Jesus. Without his grace, without his mercy, you think we see dark things now. Just wait a few more weeks and a couple more months. I don't say that to bring fear to you today, but I say that to bring awareness to you. As I was alone with the Lord, I heard the Lord simply say in my, sp in my spirit that our nation will be toppled and the nations of the earth will begin to form new alliances that will rapidly set the stage for an intensity of an antichrist spirit to intensify and move much more freely than it's ever moved in history, which I believe will lead to the selective judgments and the tearing down of some very vile institutions in this nation as well as the nations of the world. Please hear me. What we are experiencing today is not new. It's new to us, but it's not new. It's been going on and is presently going on in other nations of the world in a very intense manner. The erasing of history, the writing of a new history to fit an agenda. Notice with me, we're in a place where governing bodies that even remotely align with God's word will be toppled and destroyed unless the church repents. The family unit as you know it is getting ready to be attacked in a manner that we have never known. Marriage has yet to see 
its greatest fight in this nation. Education itself and houses of worship is getting ready to be targeted more so than we have ever dreamed or ever thought possible in this great nation that we call home. I stand here and tell you today that we are not a nation that doesn't have flaw and error, but we are a nation that was built on biblical principles and God has a plan and that plan is not yet fulfilled. The question today is, will we? I'm not talking to anyone else, but will we? Will we heed the call? Will we make the decision? Will we be the voice God's calling us to be? We are simply a breath away from the imprisonment of spiritual leaders across this nation as well as the globe like we've never known. But however, he's willing to extend his grace and his mercy if we're willing to call out to him. This morning, I knew you wouldn't shout me down today. I didn't come for that intention. But I come to tell you today, and I pray that you'll hear my heart, but more importantly, the heart of the Lord. We cannot continue as we are. God is desiring to move mightily. We have experienced that in the last few weeks in this house. And you may say, I'm confused. Why is the atmosphere so much different today than it was last week? God is not desiring to bring about a visitation. God is desiring to have a dwelling place. But he cannot dwell. Please hear me. He could not dwell in a place where there is not separation, where there is not a desire for him and his message. It can't be something that we just experience when it's convenient for us, but what we're dealing with today is we're dealing with the price of a spirit of rebellion. When you look from 1970 to present day, in the last 50 years, our decisions that began to be made by spiritual leaders in 1970 and the years to follow to present day has taken us away from the mandate of God, and therefore we are in a place where we're separated from God. In this city, 50 years ago, revival fires was burning. Things was happening. The church in this city, in multiple places, multiple denominations, they had no idea what they was in charge of and what they had at their fingertips. But when men began to decide that they knew better, the storm clouds began to roll in. The Whitewater Valley has never been the same. And nobody really has desired for that to change. We talk about it. You say, how can you say we have it desired? I think we want it, but we don't understand the price that it takes to get it. This morning, we're going to go through our routines. We're going to go back to work tomorrow. We're going to do what we do. If we're not careful, 
prayer, worship, meditation, time in the Word will not be the priority on our calendars this week. But yet they'll wonder why the struggles are still so strong around us. It wasn't until Jonah come to a place where he realized, I can't continue in this environment. Notice with me, if Jonah had not been delivered from the belly of the great fish that swallowed him, death was in his future. The world thought he was dead. The men in the boat done thought he was dead. But God said, you're still alive. There are many today that says the church is dead. The church isn't dead, my friend. The church of Jesus Christ is very much alive, but the church world, it looks like it has, and it needs some help this morning. But if somebody will just begin to cry in the midst of their pain, in the midst of their not knowing, in the midst of the uncertainty, there is a hope and there is a strength that we can grab a hold of this morning because when Jonah called from Jonah chapter 2, it says, and he heard me when I cried. I want to tell somebody this this morning. His ear is turned towards you. And he's hearing your cry. But you can't just cry to be crying, but you got to be crying a cry of repentance. The thing that brought about a deliverance for Jonah was he turned not just his face, but he turned his heart back to the King of kings and Lord of lords. And when he did, God came and gave him a second opportunity. And when he did, a nation, the city of Nineveh rather, was delivered from its judgment. Now later in life, Nineveh faced the judgment because of its evil that it had done. Understand that. But in this moment of time, God's grace and his mercy was extended. And I believe this with all of my heart as they come to the music this morning. God is getting ready to extend his hand of grace and mercy to individuals, to corporate bodies of people across this nation. But it's only taking place where the cry of repentance has been voiced. I stand here today with great hope, great anticipation of a last move of the Holy Spirit of God in this nation. But sometimes there has to be a solemn assembly. Sometimes there has to be a pause and a stillness. Sometimes the Holy Spirit just wants to prick our heart, not out of anger or malice, but to say self-examine. Hear me this morning, please. I love you enough to tell you the truth today. Just because we come here doesn't mean 
that we have free access there. He has never embraced sin, never approved it, nor will he now. He doesn't stand over you with a rod to beat you this morning. Doesn't stand with a list of do's and don'ts. He just simply says, come unto me all ye that are heavy laden and I will give you rest. There are those of you under the sound of my voice this morning, you need rest. He's not trying to point out your failures, your flaws. No. He's not trying to resurrect your past. No. He's just trying to get you to get your eyes on him in this moment of time and say this, I need you. Because every one of us in this room, we have flaws, we have errors. Every one of us in this room has fallen down, made mistakes. But please hear me today. Our nation is hanging in the balance. And if our nation is hanging in the balance, that means your sons and your daughters, your grandchildren, your nieces, your nephews, your friends, those that are near and dear to your heart, they're hanging in the balance today. Us sitting here isn't going to change their world. But what will change their world is if you and I as individuals and as a corporate body would begin to call out to God and say, God, forgive us for not staying true to the message. Forgive us for not staying true to the call and the giftings. God, forgive us for not occupying till you come. But then in the midst of that, becoming that man or that woman that just totally surrenders and says, God, here I am. Use me. If you need me to go stand and walk through Nineveh, I will. Jonah had no idea what his future was going to be. Listen, he didn't even like the people that he was going to go speak to. Read the following chapter, you'll find he, he wasn't real happy that God was sparing them. Some of you in this room, you wouldn't be real happy if certain people got converted today. Because you don't like their way of thinking, you don't like their policies, you don't like what they've done. Let's just be honest and real. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever that means even the people you don't like that means even the people that done you wrong that's even the people that's done the most vile things today found ourselves over the last several years where the false prophet has ran his mouth without any restriction while the true prophet sat silent 
do not ignore the re-emerging of the prophetic voice of God in this season because God is raising up a generation that isn't just going to sit and be silent but they're getting ready to occupy till he comes and it's going to make us uncomfortable Wednesday evening we saw a young lady operate in the prophetic can I tell you today that is the norm that's coming to the church in America where the people of God begun to cry out in repentance I know it may seem like a a down message today but really it's not maybe a little more teaching than preaching whatever you want to call it I don't even know what you call it today just me leasing my spirit today hear me If there doesn't begin to be tear stains on these altars again across America in the houses of worship, the houses of worship will no longer be present in five to ten years. What will begin to happen is what we are witnessing in the Middle East in many places. I walked into a church that was 1,500 years old. And I saw scaffolding, the doors, the horizontal bars was ripped off of the doors because we don't want any representation of the cross and all of the murals that have been preserved are now been painted over and given the look and the feel of a different type of religion. The outside of the building has not been disturbed, but they're building around it and they're covering it. So a generation within another three years will never know what that really was. It's going to be turned into something that it was never meant to be. We're not exempt from that happening in this nation, but it's happening as we speak. Steeples are coming down. Half moons are going up. young men and young women in our inner city are been indoctrinated and drafted into a religion that they would have never embraced because the church is sitting silent please hear me don't think it can't come to your house or your family My father has gave nearly 70 years of his life to the church in this city and neighboring states. Preached the unfallible word of God. Stood in with integrity. Gave his life to it. But he has grandchildren that can't quote John 3.16. Oh, we shouted. We ran. We danced. We went to the church. We had revival meetings, but we never thought it was important to reach a city, to reach a nation, to reach a world. We thought we'd always have the opportunity. We'll do that a little later. It's really not on our priority schedule. 
I know this sounds harsh today, but we're repeating the same errors that the generations before us did, and it has to change. If we're just going to sing songs, if we're just going to preach a message to each other, That's not what it's about, my friend. It's about somebody's son, somebody's daughter today on the brink of hell. And what are we going to do about it? It's about a generation been overran. It's about a nation, a city, been burnt to the ground because of hatred, because of vile deception of the enemy. Will we occupy till he comes will we stand up and put on the whole armor of God and be counted will we enlist in the army of the Lord and let's reach as many people as we can in this moment of time as we stand all over the house this morning Jonah I want you to go to Nineveh and I want you to cry against it I can't do that Lord I'll go anywhere do anything but I can't go to Nineveh Jonah go to Nineveh cry against it that which I bid you the Lord don't know what he's doing I'm not doing that I'm leaving storm is it possible today last year year before or beginning of this year even as soon as that way down deep in your spirit the Lord said still away and pray ah, I don't need to do that maybe he said Go get your Bible. Just go on a journey with me for a few days. Oh, but I'm busy. I, I, I can't do that. That's really not the Lord speaking to me. Maybe the Lord said, still away. Ah, uh, nah, I don't. Oh, a storm. Wasn't on our radar. The weatherman didn't predict it. there began to be some faint sounds some prophetic alerts but we just wanted to shout through them just wanted to dance around them and now the nation that you call home the nation that has been a beacon to the world the nation that's been hope liberty and freedom is self-destructing destroying itself from within our families have been affected by it our communities have been affected by it and we still think we can come to the house of God and just do what we've always done no 
We're in a place where rebellion is costing us greatly. You want to preserve the landmarks of your nation? You want to preserve its heritage and its history? We got to deal with this. We got to deal with the rebellion. It's not popular to go when others don't go. It's not popular to be that man of prayer and that woman of prayer. It's not popular to be the one that steals away that nobody sees. It's it's not popular. It's not even glamorous. But you'll read in your Bibles. There's getting ready to be an assignment given to a whole group of people. Everybody begins to get excited. What am I going to get chosen for? What am I going to get chosen for? Maybe I'll get chosen to be this and this. Maybe I'll chose to be. Then it comes along and one gentleman is given the task. The task was king is picking you to be the keeper of the oil now if you know the story if you don't know the story that's your assignment this week go dig it out I'm not telling you but the keeper of the oil he wasn't up in the palace he wasn't all in all that stuff no he was down way below nobody saw what he did it was labor intense it was difficult Didn't have a lot of glamour to it. But because he was faithful and was a keeper of the oil, guess what? The city began to shine. If somebody would just take the task somebody just take the task serious enough this morning Say, God, I'll be the keeper of the oil. This nation can experience healing. It can experience blessing. And your children, your grandchildren, can experience the presence of God like no generation before them. But if you and I don't take it serious, Brother Mike, you've walked in some places. Brother Ken, Brother Warren, many others walked in some places on foreign soil. I'm going to tell you something the air is different. The atmosphere is different. That doesn't have to be us. But will we this morning become a Jonah and say, God, forgive me. Sister Melissa just ministers in song this morning. I'm just going to call us to an altar. I don't have a lot of things to give today. What I have to give is simply Jesus. He says, if you'll call out to me, I'm faithful to answer. 
And I'm not questioning your salvation this morning. No. But I'm here to tell you this morning, there has to be a change. And the elder saints, they done finished their race and they done went home to glory. And you and I, we ain't that young anymore. The responsibility is on us. We are the spiritual fathers and mothers of this generation. Whether we like it or not, that's who we are. So are we going to lead and guide and protect? Are we going to stand and sound the alarm? I want to leave you with this. Ezekiel 33 says this, I have appointed you a watchman. If you sound the alarm and they ignore it, it's on them. But if you remain silent, it's on you. If we don't repent, the destruction that will come in the next few, I will say even beginning in the next few weeks and a few months, remainder of this year, will be held to the charge of the church. I don't want that on my hands today. So I'm going to fall down on my face and I'm going to say, God, forgive me. And God, I will stand and speak your word. Know this this morning. He really does love you. But he's simply just saying, come and surrender and trust me. And I will lead you. And I'll guide you. And he'll protect you. But he also will fulfill you. Won't you come? Won't you come right now? Let's just have a time of prayer this morning.